What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Dynasty Stock Market here on the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Uh, today, I am actually joined by one of my good buddies, uh, Dylan Mazzola. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to talk some football with you, Mikey. Yeah, dude, I feel like you and I are always, like, we, we call each other almost every day and we're talking about our own dynasty leagues and everything like that. I was like, I got to get him on here at least once. So I figured this would be a pretty fun one to do with you. Um, so for those of you watching at home, we are doing the buy high targets ahead of uh, 2020. So these are the guys that you are going to be paying a premium for um, ahead of the 2020 season before their stack gets even more expensive. Um, so I'll let you I'll let you start it off. I know you brought a couple guys in with you, and uh, there's a couple yeah. that you want to talk about. So who do you want to start off with? Um, I'll start it off with someone who's going to go high for in any kind of fantasy league. Uh, Alvin Kamara, and you may be surprised, you know, Dylan saying Alvin Kamara. Obviously, he already has a pretty hefty price tag attached to his name, being slated a consensus top six top six running back in anything you look at. Sometimes higher, sometimes a little lower. So. I feel the reason I put him on this list is there's no way that Kamara has the amount of touchdowns he had last season. That will definitely spike back up. Uh, he, he struggled in that department. I think Drew Brees, uh, if you're a Saints fan, I'm sorry. I, I think his arm is, is rapidly declining, which would mean more volume and more workloads for Kamara. Uh, more receiving points, so especially if you do PPR, it's amazing for you. So I think there's a scenario in which Kamara could be a top three, maybe even finish behind Christian McCaffrey this season in terms of points, in my personal opinion, which is why I would, if you have the arsenal to move players' picks, I would try to acquire Kamara if you are in need of an elite running back. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree. Um, Alvin Kamara is one of those top four, top five overall guys that I feel like is often overlooked or often placed at the very back end of that list. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people are just so concerned with last year. I mean, you mentioned the whole touchdown thing. I mean, that's that's bound to be a, a positive regression situation this year. And then you have the reports coming out where his knee was at 75% for like half the season. Um, and he still balled out last year and, and had yeah. the finish that he did. Uh, so I couldn't I couldn't agree more. Um, Alvin Kamara, his current ADP in Dynasty Startups right now is the 105 overall. Um, and then in a typical trade calculator, and I'm going to fully disclose this, don't live and die by the Dynasty trade calculator. You have to use your own discretion. Uh, every, every league, some leagues have salaries, some don't, some have just rookie drafts, some have vet drafts and rookie drafts. You know, every league is different, so to each their own. But in the standard, uh, my personal favorite Dynasty trade analyzer, um, Alvin Kamara is about valued at a top two rookie pick in 2020 and including an early 2021 first round rookie pick. So you're looking at two very early rookie picks in order to um, get Alvin Kamara on your team. But I, I agree. I think that is more than worth it. If you're going to get a guy that's going to be consistently, yeah. consistently top five at the position. Yeah. And also one more note on him before we change players, you have to think Drew Brees isn't getting younger, like I alluded to, and they lost Teddy Bridgewater to the Panthers. So their backup now is Winston. So there's also no certainty in quarterback future. So therefore also increasing the next couple of year value for Kamara, in my opinion as well. Yeah, absolutely. So he's definitely got a lot of both short-term and long-term value, especially at his age. Um, and with the excuse of the knee being less than hundred percent, I mean, he does, he really doesn't have durability issues. I mean, he seems to always be on the field. He's missed a couple games here and there, but nothing has a cause for concern. Um, but we'll move on. So the next guy that I'm going to bring up is actually going to be DJ Moore of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, his 
ADP right now in Dynasty Startups is the 204 overall, and he is being valued at about two first-round picks in 2020 right now. Um, not, set, not necessarily does it have to be an early first-round pick, but the typical trade calculator suggests two first-round picks for DJ Moore. Um, I'm going to come right out and say it. I think that he's definitely worth it. Um, there are so many signs that point DJ Moore to being a potential top five fantasy receiver for many years to come. I mean, he just finished up his second year and he, he did a hell of a job. I mean, had he not went down early in week 16 and, and set out week 17, I mean, he would be in the conversation uh, as a legitimate top eight type top uh, top eight top nine receiver from last year um and uh, again i mean the sky seems to be the limit he's so young this team is really on the up and up um you know there's just a lot in store for dj Moore, and he's one of those guys i'm pretty comfortable with uh going and buying high right now yeah i mean i definitely agree with like pretty much everything you just said i mean the only thing that i'm a little nervous for is quarterback quarterback playing carolina being i don't know how quick he'll establish the uh, rapport with uh teddy bridgewater but at the same time you could also still use that to your advantage and buy still buy him because people might sell but i definitely agree i think dj is going to be a top 10 receiver for the next several years and i do think he can climb into the top five category like you were saying and for what you would have to give up to get him it could be a steal yeah, absolutely. Especially because your your fantasy wide receivers, especially in Dynasty, they're your bread and butter. Those are the guys that you're going to have on your team potentially for seven or eight years. Um, and and a receiver as young as DJ Moore, it seems very, it just seems like a, a smart idea to go out and get the guy before he really takes off and sets a name for himself as an elite receiver in this league. Um, so that's my personal opinion on DJ Moore. Um, and let's let's move on to Miles Sanders. So Miles Sanders has a very late or very late second round or early third round ADP. He's teetering just at the 212 and the 301. Um, obviously, Miles Sanders' value is climbing exponentially. Uh, every single day that goes by where the Eagles don't sign a veteran running back, yeah. Miles Sanders is just grabbing more and more steam. Um, you're my residence Eagles fan, so I'll <laughs> let you talk about Miles Sanders here. Um, well, I went to two games, obviously, this past season, so I got to see him in person, and I, and I, I did see him in college, actually, at, at Penn State as well, so I've, I've seen him, like, three or four times live. Um, he's an incredible talent, like, I'm not speaking biasly here, um, and for what the ADP is, honestly, if you can try to convince someone in your league and buy high on him, it's ten times worth it, because, like Mikey just said, the Eagles have not signed anybody. I mean, their backfield is literally Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. Which, no knock to Boston Scott, he's a good piece. But my point is, there's no, like, vet that's threatening. You know, McCoy went to Tampa. Um, the one guy hasn't even gotten signed yet. I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Freeman. But, yes, Freeman. Thank you. So, it, like Mikey said, all things are pointing towards Miles Sanders trending up and up. And the way he finished the last up-team games of the season, like, it was incredible. So, I'm not saying he'll repeat that right out the gates, but I do think he'll have more sustained success. So, for what the ADP is and for what you'd have to give up for him, if you need a running back, definitely turn to Miles Sanders. Yeah, and his style of play, especially when you're taking into account fantasy, it reminds you of the Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Austin Eckler kind of guy that's going to get it done both in the air and on the ground. Um, and, and you know just as well as anyone, this is an Eagles team. They're not afraid to do those dink and dunk passes to their running backs and to their tight ends. You know, Carson Wentz loves him, his tight ends, and clearly Carson Wentz loves him, his Miles Sanders. Um, so I think – Grabbing this guy, if, if you're in a startup, grabbing this guy at the end of the second round is totally worth it. Um, as far as 
trading for him goes, it's going to be different in every league. Um, this is, you could probably get him for an early to mid first round plus an additional early second round. I don't think you have to completely break the bank on him. And I will say, I'd rather have, with the exception of Clyde Edwards Hilaire um, and, and his situation this year with Kansas City, I would rather have Miles Sanders on my team than any of the other, any of the other rookie running backs entering um, the, the league this season. So if you're parting ways with an early first round pick and maybe just a second round piece to get Miles Sanders, I think that's incredibly worth it. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, so we will move on. I will let you discuss another one of your guys that you wanted to bring up. So go ahead and take it away. All right. Um, once again, I'm kind of, there's kind of a trend with mine. Uh, Mark Andrews, obviously he's a pretty high profile player, especially for tight end being that, that position. Well, actually that position I do feels a little better than late or past years. Anyway, I, I think Mark Andrews will finish top three again. Um, you could argue he might finish two. And I say that because they traded Hayden Hurst away, who took a lot of the snaps away. I think it was you who sent me a text a long time ago saying that he, uh, Mark Andrews was only involved in like 30% or even less than of, of the team's snaps. So first of all, it's incredible because of his season he had. Second of all, there's no other guy to take action away from him. And they didn't really address that. And third of all, I do expect Lamar Jackson, I'm sorry, Ravens fans, to take somewhat of a regression. But – I don't think the regression will affect Mark Andrews. I think if anything, that will help Mark Andrews. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Because if Lamar Jackson is going to regress, it's going to be more than likely on the ground game. And his, his efficiency on touchdowns was absurd. Um, yes. He's not going to be that efficient again. But the good news is that if he's going to lose any of the efficiency, you're right, I don't think it's going to affect Mark Andrews because Mark Andrews is likely that favorite red zone target. Mark Andrews is Mark Andrews is probably just his favorite target in general on that team. Um, so I, I really, really like this take. Um, his current ADP in Dynasty Startups is the end of the fifth round, early of the sixth round, which in my opinion is already a steal for him. Um, I, I don't think he's being valued as high as he should be being valued. Mark Andrews is being valued as around like a mid first round rookie pick. So like rookie 105, rookie 106 um, with an additional, I don't know, maybe like late second round pick. But when you put it into perspective, I mean, the rookie 106 this year is likely, I don't know, Cam Akers or Jerry Judy. And then a late second round pick is going to get you a guy maybe like LaVishka Chanel or A.J. Dillon or, or one of those back-end kind of guys. In my opinion, I would gladly give up both of those rookie pieces to get myself one Mark Andrews. Uh, because yes. like you said, Mark Andrews is already a top five tight end in this league. He broke out incredibly last year. His situation is getting better. He's not going to be splitting targets anymore. Four, by the way. What's that? He's only 24 to add, you know, to like more fuel to the fire. He's super yeah. young. Exactly. So, and, and that's what you want. You know, you want some st stability at the tight end position in dynasty so that you don't have to worry about filling in those tight ends, because think about it, these tight ends with the exception of the top three or four guys, you revolve through them every two or three years. And that's just yeah. not sustainable when you're, when you keep spending your draft picks or your assets to get a new tight end. If you can land a guy like Mark Andrews, who's going to be the next Travis Kelsey or is right there on par uh, potentially with George Kittle this time next year, um, or if he's, turning into a Zach Ertz or something like that. This is one of those guys where you can just set and forget in your lineup for the next six, seven, eight years because he's yeah. prime at this age. It's funny you bring up Kelsey real quick because that, that's where I was going to go to add one last counterpoint or like early point. Kelsey is already, I believe, 30. And uh, Ertz, you know, being an Eagles fan, 
is already 29. So those guys only have probably another two seasons or so of like dominant tight end play. And then you're going to cast them aside like you were talking about. Whereas Mark Andrews theoretically could have six, seven years, like you said, of top five, top three tight end play for all those seasons. So buying a guy for that price is completely worth it. So before we move on to the next one, I got to ask you a this or that question. All right. Would you rather have Mark Andrews or Zach Ertz on your dynasty roster right now? I'm not letting Eagles bias get in the way, babies. Mark Andrews. <laughs> yeah, I, I got it. Great. All right, we'll make it. We'll make it harder. Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey. Um, I get it. I think it depends. Like if it's a salary league, that I would probably still say Mark Andrews, dude. I'm I'm a big Mark Andrews fan. Just just because I, I don't feel like the difference in points would be astronomical, and I just feel that having the guys 24 compared to 30. Also, the one guy who's 30 is on a team that has, that's loaded with weapons. Not saying the Ravens aren't, but they have less weapons. So Mark Andrews is more weapon on that team, respectively, than yeah, Kelsey. I, com- I completely agree. And the fact that Travis Kelsey is going three and a half rounds before Mark Andrews is in a dynasty startup is baffling to me. But yeah. and again, if you're trying to trade for Mark Andrews, he's still, he's still a pretty expensive piece. But he's definitely a guy I'm willing to buy high on now. So I don't have to pay an even bigger premium for him uh, this time in a couple of months. Um, so next I want to move on to AJ Brown. Um, AJ Brown is sitting at an average draft position of the 305. So right in the middle of the third round in dynasty startups, um, in the dynasty trade calculator, he is the equivalent to the rookie pick 101 or a guy like Kenny Galladay. Now, admittedly, I'm throwing him in this because I, I am willing to pay high on AJ Brown admittedly I'd rather have both Kenny Galladay and Clyde Edwards Hilaire over AJ Brown um but whatever I can do I'm going out and I'm, I am making offers on AJ Brown I know there are a lot of people out there saying that he's bound for regression because his efficiency was just off the charts here's mm-hmm. the thing as a rookie he broke the efficiency charts on uh, pro football focus like literally broke. Yeah. So even if there is regression, he's still going to knock it out of the park. He now has Ryan Tannehill for the whole year, which, as you know, when Ryan Tannehill took over that team, A.J. Brown skyrocketed uh, in points per game. Yeah. He, he is just – he is Ryan Tannehill's favorite target. He's going to be Ryan Tannehill's favorite target for at least the next three or four years while Tannehill's still on that team. Um, and I just I, – I can't see any way where he doesn't at least finish as a top 15 receiver. I mean, he's got all the potential in the world – you know more than anyone that A.J. Brown was my favorite receiver entering into the 2019 draft. And as soon as he landed in Tennessee, I was like, never mind, I want, I want no part in it. But yep. the talent shined out um, a lot sooner than we all expected. And I think, it's gonna, I think he's just going to continue to step up and step up and step up. And I would be very surprised if he is not being drafted in the early to mid second round in Dynasty Startups this time next year. So I'm doing everything that I can to go out and try to get my hands on him this year. Yeah, I think A.J. Brown single-handedly changed my way of thinking on the whole bad landing spot because that blew up in our face because I was the same <laughs> thing as you. I said, ugh, I don't want that. And then he had the season he had, and I was like, okay, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I voted him every league, redraft and dynasty. <laughs> Egg on my face. Uh, no, but I do think he has, like, like you said, all the tools to be top 15, top 10. You know, He's super young. And not knocking Ryan Tannehill and uh, Marcus Mariota, but those were his quarterbacks, and he's already able to do that. So, once again, Dynasty, you're also thinking age, you know, youth and, like, longevity. He's super young, and imagine what happens eventually years from now. 
when they draft a quarterback who's more talented than Ryan Tannehill and or keep Ryan Tannehill. So point is his value is not going to go down. It's only going to go up. He's super young. The team doesn't really have the greatest offensive weapons. So he is going to be the guy, like you said. Um, and I don't really see regression of anything. I see him being the one sophomore receiver going leaps and bounds above the other guys. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. AJ Brown is, he was my favorite receiver talent-based uh, this time last year out of all the rookies. And looking back at that class, I mean, sure, you got your guys like DK Metcalf and Debo Samuel, who are very talented receivers. But in my opinion, I don't think they stack up to AJ Brown. And I think people that are saying that he's going to regress are really going to regret fading him this offseason. I completely agree. And then obviously they have Derrick Henry there. So there is offense. I meant receiver-wise, there's not much. Um, so, so we'll move on and we'll do another receiver. And this is actually a guy that you brought up to me a little earlier. And when you first brought him up, I was like, I was like, there's no way that he is like going as high as you say he is in average draft position. But Devontae Parker is a late fourth round pick in Dynasty Startups. Now, before I ask you your opinion, I will say this. I'm a big fan of Devontae Parker, but even I wouldn't have expected him to be going as soon as the late fourth round. Um, so give me, give me your take on Devontae Parker. Why should we be buying him a little higher right now? So Parker has been that guy that I, I feel it, it, he's kind of a late bloomer. Like, you know, he's had games where you would label him as that boomer, like before, like uh, boomer bust, you know, he would ball out and then not do anything. Um, I also think the Dolphins, um, once again, <laughs> offending fan bases. Sorry if you're a Dolphins fan. Your team has been very bad until recently. So I, I just feel I just feel that he's going to do what he did last year. I mean, like, and not knocking Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, I, I, I love the guy, but he's only so good. So, like, I, I do believe in Tua. So I think going forward, even though Parker's already a little older, I think the value of having Fitzpatrick going into Tua developing in his quarterback will only increase his, uh, his value. And I don't know. I think also like they, the, the Dolphins drafted well, but if you look at them offensively, they didn't add so much to dethrone, so to speak, Parker. I, I do think he'll take a little bit of regression with Preston Williams. If he plays the full season, cause he was also going really good for the Dolphins before he tore his ACL or MCL. But I don't think Parker is going to like, like lose too much. I think he's going to run away with the number one spot there again. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, he's one of those rare cases where we had to wait four or five years of him being in the league for us to see his breakout. But everyone knew it was coming. You know, he was always getting hyped up um, in training camp. Every single preseason, he would be like, oh, this is going to be Devontae Parker's year. He's going to come out. He's going to be the big guy for Miami. And he finally did it last year. He put it all together. And maybe that was just being on the same page as Ryan Fitzpatrick, or maybe that was just the team being slightly better all around. Um, I, 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 I like Devontae Parker a lot. He's really not that old. In fact, he's just entering the prime age of uh, those fantasy receivers. I'm not going to say that he is a surefire top 10 wide receiver, but no, I'd be very no. surprised to see him finish outside of the top 16, top 18. Um, and if you, could, if you could get him for, I don't know, w- would you be willing to part ways with the first overall pick of the second round in your rookie draft? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I would too. And that's about where he's going um, on the trade calculator. So, um, you, you know, I guarantee if you were to take the Twitter and you, you did a poll and it was like, which would you rather have pick number 13 overall or Devonte Parker? I have a sneaking suspicion that pick 13 overall would run away with that. So if, if you have that and you need a receiver for your team, Devonte Parker's 
the guy that you want to go out and make an offer on. Yeah, no, that's actually pretty good value. I, I almost didn't include him in this list, but once again, when we looked up how early he was going and how, how much he broke out last year, I felt it would be wrong not to include him in the, in the buy high. Oh, yeah, and I feel like people are already writing him off. I mean, he finally had – he finished as the wide receiver 12 in PPR last year, which is a wide receiver one. And people are already completely writing that off, um, which is just astounding to me. But either way, Devontae Parker, definitely a guy to go out and buy ahead of 2020 because his price is going to get more expensive, I would say, as soon as week one begins. Probably, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, so moving on, we're going to stick with the receivers. So I have two more receivers for you. And then we have one final guy, which I'll let you go over that at the very end. Um, but I'm going to bring up Terry McLaurin of the Washington football team, I should say. I know. Um, but he's going at the ADP of 411, which is just nuts because Terry McLaurin looked fantastic last year when he was on the field and realistically who else is the ball going to in Washington like how could how could anyone not think that he is poised for an absolute massive massive breakout year it's true um so he in the in the trade calculator he is currently equivalent to Jerry Judy um or a, a mid to late first round rookie pick which, if you ask me, I'd rather have Terry McLaurin over Jerry Judy. Um, I'm, I am a big Jerry Judy fan. I, I think that he's going to be very good. But Terry McLaurin has really good talent set, and he is just in the absolute perfect situation right now because there's, there's no competition on that team. You know, wow. Kelvin Harmon went down with his season-ending injury. Sure, they went out and they drafted uh, Gandy Golden, and then they have Steven Sims working in the slot. But they, they, they lost their only – quote, I don't even want to say veteran wide receiver. It's a second-year wide receiver that they yeah. lost the injury. But they lost him. Uh, the whole Darius Geist thing just happened. I mean, that team has fallen apart at the seams, yeah. and it's a whole new coaching regime. The only thing consistent is going to be Terry McLaurin. And at the end of the fourth round, I'm buying that all day in Dynasty Startups. And if I can get him for, you know, somewhere between pick seven and pick ten in my first-round rookie draft, I would deal that all day. I'm doing that all day as well. I mean, you're you're getting you're getting a, a future pick. You know, you're moving that away for proven a proven stud. And I, you know, I confidently say he's a stud because, like you said, there's no one to dethrone him. I mean, also uh, Chris Thompson went to the Jaguars, and Jordan Reed, I think, went to the the 49ers, right? So it's like they lost yeah. literally. I mean, granted, those guys were often hurt, but still, that that's less options for them to throw to and pass to and they they've also lost that also scary terry you know as as we all called him or if you owned him you definitely called him that um he was doing all that with Dwayne haskins and i'm not knocking Dwayne haskins i'm just saying haskins for best you know for parts of his, his rookie year it did look lost so if haskins can look anything like you know what they want him to look like the sky's the limit for scary Terry. So I don't know. Just yeah, I, I agree. Um, McLaurin's going to come in, in my opinion, at least he's going to be a bona fide wide receiver one on this Washington team. And I can easily see him finishing as high as the top 15 receiver this year. Um, I think he's going to have a, a hell of a year if he can stay healthy and a hell of a year if Ron, which I think Ron Rivera will do, but if Ron Rivera can turn this Washington team around, at least get them to a position where they're getting, I don't know, five wins this yeah. year. Um, I, I think Terry McLaurin's going to have tons of opportunities. Quick question for you about Washington. 
Who starts? You think Kyle Allen starts? I, there's a big controversy on that. Uh, you, you should know Ron Rivera more than most, and also Kyle Allen more than most. Yeah, Ron Rivera does love himself some Kyle Allen. I don't know I'm, what I'm just saying. I hate Kyle Allen. Um, I, I think ultimately Dwayne Haskins will win it, and you can't you can't throw out Alex Smith because Alex Smith is on the border of being fully cleared for full contact yes. football. Um, you Good know, we, we've we've seen him throwing the ball. We've seen him around, um, and he's going to enter the quarterback competition if he is there that would be one hell of a comeback story so it's it's really a toss-up and I would say I would say Dwayne Haskins probably has the most likely chance at getting the starting nod but he's going to be kept on a very short leash I wouldn't be I wouldn't be the least bit surprised to see Kyle Allen in there occasionally and maybe (laughs) Alex Smith in there at some point all right Um, but we will move on so I have one more guy on my list Dylan has one more guy on his list uh, I'll be greedy and I'll say mine first, and that's going to be C.D. Lamb of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so before Dylan starts laughing at me, um, okay. I'll have to bring up that in startup drafts, C.D. Lamb is going at the early eighth round right now, uh, which is a steal, by the way. And his current ADP in rookie drafts is the rookie 105. Um, Dylan managed to trade for C.D. Lamb on draft day. Basically, what was it? What was what was your trade? It was like so stupid. It was uh, it was a vet draft pick. So you know, players that go back in every season that aren't kept, we can redraft. It was a first round of that, and I I think that was it. <laughs> no, I think it was. Didn't you trade like pick eleven or twelve, which ended up being Henry? Rose? Oh yeah, yeah. So, so I I essentially swapped first. I gave him my first in that current rookie draft that we were mm-hmm. on, and he picked some receiver i think it was t higgins and then so basically it was t higgins and a vet first round pick for cd lamb so total steal (laughs) absolute steal yeah so i have actually after the draft was over i bugged dylan i think every day for about 40 days straight asking asking him to give me cd lamb at one point i'm so glad he didn't take it because at one point i got really drunk and I offered him like jerry judy and a first and a second round pick or something like that it was it was the most yeah, it was the most ludicrous trade that I've ever offered. And thank you for saying no. So while I will say I'm buying CD Lamb high, I'm not buying CD Lamb that high. <laughs> um, but I, I do think that CD Lamb has been set up for complete success as early as this year. Um, the Dallas Cowboys, is, they are more than capable of having three one <laughs> receivers this year. I mean, Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup both hit over 1,100 yards last year. Randall Cobb fell short by less than 150 yards. Um, and C.D. Lamb is already better than Randall Cobb. Um, plus, you have, to, you have to combine Jason Witten isn't there anymore, so there's a lot of vacated targets, you know, and Dak Prescott had, what was it, 4,900 passing yards last year, so this is definitely an offense that has a ton to go around. I think C.D. Lamb can be a contributor to your fantasy squad as early as this year. He's going to be one of those rare uh, fantasy receivers that does come on and is a legitimate starter for your team as a rookie. I would be more than happy with going out there and sending out, uh, you know, a veteran player to, to get the young talent in CD Lamb. I mean, I agree. Cause from you, I just know how valuable he is because like you said, he sent me a trade off for, for like two months. So I know that CD Lamb has some value because you generally uh, do your research. Also I watch college football. So I know how much of a monster he is. And like you said, he went to a perfect situation. Also, Mark Cooper, I think, can opt out of his contract or they can cut him in like two years from now or a year from now. So if CeeDee Lamb impresses like we all think he does, 
Cowboys a couple of years from now can say, Amari, you're older. We don't want you. We have this guy in Gallup, if Gallup stays there. So the sky is the limit for uh, CeeDee Lamb, and he could potentially, as soon as two years from now, have literally number one job secured. So with Dak Prescott, if he stays, or whoever, that, that's, a, that's a video for itself. But <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, if you're, if you're going out and you're buying high on CeeDee Lamb, you're crossing your fingers that Dak Prescott stays in Dallas. Stay. He is a hell of a quarterback to have for your fantasy squad or for your fantasy receivers. So um, definitely something to monitor if you go out and you get C.D. Lamb. Uh, but that is the last receiver on our list. And we have one guy left with an average draft position of the very end of the sixth round in Dynasty Startups. Dylan, who are we talking about? Um, normally I don't like drafting these players early at all, and you are the same. Um, but Kyler Murray, um, I just think that he, he looked very composed for his rookie season. And granted, the Cardinals were kind of bad, um, especially defensively. They haven't gotten much better defensively, so that bodes well for shootouts and offensive. But you look at what he did. You look at his mobility. And then you look at what they added. They had no running back play because David Johnson, whether the fantasy gods hated him and injury and the coach and not playing, and it's a whole, that's a whole uh, video for itself as well. David Johnson faded out, right? Like overnight, basically. Um, now they have Kenyon Drake. They also have Chase Edmonds. They have a good little running back tandem. Um, now, is Kenyon Drake going to be the guy there? Who knows? But my point is that this, this gives Murray the option to actually have a run game so it can take pressure off of him. And they also went out and added, you know, a guy called DeAndre Hopkins, who is like the best receiver in football or the second best, depends upon who you are. But I still say he's the best. So my point is they added all this to a guy who already finished top 10 in quarterback play in last year. I, there's no way he finishes outside of top five. And I think he finishes top three this year. Yeah, Kyler Murray is a rare situation for me, too, because I have a pretty similar philosophy to you when it comes to one drafting quarterbacks and one quarterback leagues pretty early. Uh, but Kyler Murray, he, he kind of does it all. You know, he was very successful in the passing game, uh, regardless of the weapons issue that he had last year, the offensive line issues, everything like that. Uh, adding DeAndre Hopkins is obviously going to skyrocket his passer, his passer rating this year because DeAndre Hop having DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald on the same team is just not fair. There won't be a single ball dropped in 2020 yeah. by either one of these guys. I mean, it's, it's such a good combo. But then you, you take into account his mobility. You know, he is he's a top three mobile quarterback in the NFL. And that's how it's going to, no matter who enters the league, that's how it's going to stay at least for the next four or five, six years. You know, he is very, he's very agile. He's very quick. Uh, he's very fast. And he, he knows how to get it done, whether it's with his legs or whether it's with his arms. And it is one of those rare situations where maybe I do go out of my way and I send something for Kyler Murray because Again, that is going back to what we said about Mark Andrews. You don't want to have to revolve through these positions every few years. Once you finally land your guy at the quarterback position or at the tight end position, once you finally land your guy, you have your guy. And Kyler Murray could very easily be any fantasy squad's guy for many years to come. Yeah. And he's not going to be nearly as expensive as going out and getting a Pat Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. Um, I mean, he's still going to be – pretty damn expensive. He's probably just behind those guys, probably about on par with where Dak Prescott and Russell Wilson are. Um, according to the dynasty calculator that I use, Kyler Murray is worth about the 107 to 108 in a rookie draft. And while nobody in their right mind is going to take a quarterback in a one quarterback league in the first round of the rookie draft, I think this is one of those rare cases where it is kind of worth it. 
Yeah, I think it depends, obviously, on your team makeup and where you're at and stuff. But if you need a quarterback, especially for Dynasty, and you want to have one for the next 10 years and have a safe person, I, I think Murray would be your guy. Um, he's just – I mean, he's kind of forgotten. You mentioned Mahomes and Jackson. I'm not saying he's already that tier, but in terms of fantasy, he's already right there. He's in the other tier, like you said, with Dak, Russell Wilson, um, I guess Wentz, Allen, like all those guys are around there for fantasy purposes. But he could crawl into that tier of Mahomes and Jackson as soon as this season. Yeah, so. I, I fully agree. He's definitely a fun guy to watch. And you know what? When you have a guy that's fun to watch, it, it's, it's cool to have on your fantasy team because it always gives you something to root for. Yeah, so that's going to be everything from us. That's all the players we wanted to go over that you should be targeting ahead of 2020. Uh, even though they are kind of expensive right now, they are just going to keep increasing in price as the season gets closer and as the season goes on. Uh, if you're not doing it already, go follow my buddy Dylan at Dylan Mazzola on Twitter. Yes, just know yes. his name yeah. and you will be able to find him. Uh, thanks for tuning in to the Dynasty Stock Market this year here on the Fantasy Stock Exchange, and we will see you next week.